Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the eSpurs podcast. Well, a hurricane double at Loftus Road sends Spurs on their way to a 2-1 victory on Saturday and keeps Spurs in the mix at the top end of the table. Well, we've got a great show lined up for you this week. We'll get the lads' thoughts on the game yesterday and we'll hear what they expect from Old Trafford next weekend. Plus, we've got a few things lined up for you with the um, eSpurs Supporters Club of the Month and I'll be asking the team, is Ericsson world-class or just very good? Um... All of that coming up in the show. Loads of Spurs talk as always. And don't forget, you can stay up to date with all things eSpurs. Usual places on the social media if you're into that kind of thing. On uh, Twitter at E underscore Spurs. If you're on Facebook, um, search eSpurs on there or eSpursNet. You'll find us. And our Instagram page, brand new Instagram page at E underscore Spurs. So whatever your platform, whatever you're into, there's an eSpurs for you on there. Um, Also, um, don't forget to check out our parent account at E underscore Spurs. Sportsnet, where you can now get every day's newspaper back pages from eight o'clock in the morning. So if you want an early look at what's going on in the world of football, um, the, the breaking news, if you like, check out at E underscore Sportsnet. And that's all there for you as well on the Twitter. First up, lads, I just want to talk about something, if I can, which I know is very, very um, close to all our hearts. And I know, Coatsy, there's something that you'd like to mention on the show tonight. Yeah, just before the QPR game. Um, Andy, we got the sad news um, regarding a little girl called Stacey. Um, she's had cancer for some time and, and she's been been really fighting against it. Unfortunately, she passed away um, on Saturday morning, which was devastating for, for her family, obviously. But there's a lot of people who've been following Stacey's fight against cancer on, on Twitter and on social media who have been involved in various fundraising activities. So what we... what um, the family to do is is at the the home game against Leicester on the ninth minute. Um, they want everyone in the ground to take part in a round of applause for a minute for Stacey. She was nine, which is which is why they want to do it on the ninth minute. So for anyone who is listening, anyone who follows East, who who um, will be attending the game against Leicester, if you could take part in that applause, I, I'm sure the family would be really appreciative. Yeah, absolutely. And a fitting tribute for um, 
for a lovely young lady, very, very brave young young girl. And our condolences from all of the East Birds team go to Stacey's family and friends at this time. Okay, so yesterday Spurs, um, a good 2-1 win at Loftus Road. And uh, before we get the lads' thoughts on how the game went, what they thought of the game yesterday, let's hear what the boss had to say after the game. So how pleased are you with that win? Well, very pleased. I think that uh, we got three points very important and a very difficult pitch, very difficult stadium and, and an opponent that's uh, very, very, very brave. And I think that uh, very pleased for our player. Um, we show character and we play very well in, in a pitch very difficult for, for play. You were one up in the first half. What did you do in the second half? Because you seemed to come out after half-time much brighter. Yes, um, some time from the beginning, maybe uh, the opponent have more and more energy, and and for us was was difficult to find the space in between the line and 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 to develop our game. But in the second half, I think that we find the space, uh, we fix some some position on the on the pitch, and we play much better, and we des deserve this result. It seems that we are always talking about Harry Kane. What is he like for you? Oh, I think that today show again. He's uh, a killer. He's a very good player and still uh, young, but a uh, big, big potential. Yes. So that's the thoughts of Pochettino after the game yesterday. Um, Coach, coming to you first of all, Pochettino mentioned that QPR were keen on playing the long ball yesterday. And Spurs, how do you think Spurs cope with the the QPR game? And and how do you think we did ourselves going forward? I thought the first period of the game, first quarter, we were we were very good. I thought we started, or initially after we, we kicked off, I think there was some confusion over the initial kickoff, and we were a bit slow out the blocks instantly because Zamora had a header that Loris had to tip over, although the ref gave a goal kick. I thought we were pretty much in control, but one incident really changed the momentum for me, and that was the incident with Carl Walker with his poor header back, where Char Charlie Austin nearly scored from that. And that kind of, I thought, gave QPR some impetus. Um, and I think the first goal came at the perfect time for Spurs because we were under a little bit under the cosh. Um, obviously, QPR had, had a penalty incident in both halves. But the second half, I thought we started really well. The, the first 20, 25 minutes of the, the second and half, I thought we were excellent. We, we had some great breakaways, um, scored an excellent second goal. And then we give our, our usual standard goal away, which is really frustrating. Um, but we held out. We, we coped well in the last 15 minutes um, after Sandro got the goal. Very nerve-wracking. But really, when you look back over the last 15 minutes again afterwards, we weren't under too much pressure, really. Yeah, AD, in previous years, these are the sorts of games where Spurs might have buckled, aren't they, and, and, and gone under. But we came through again yesterday. Yeah, uh, it's a, it was a strange game, really. I, I thought it was, um, it, was, it was us who were in control. And I, I thought that we could have gone on and won comfortably and picked them off if we, if, if almost if, if we felt like it. But then, you know, these moments where we just, just, make unbelievable individual errors which I have to be honest I don't I don't know about any other, any other guys but I don't see many teams in the Premiership certainly that make as many individual errors even when we're playing teams at the bottom of the league 
I mean, if you look yesterday, we played QPR, and QPR didn't make hardly any individual errors. I can't remember the last time a player made an individual error that we benefited from, and we seem to dish them out weekly. I had a, I had a, um, a discussion with someone on Twitter the day before, and they were they were calling me negative because I said that we'd we'd lose, we'd need to score two to win without a shadow of a doubt because we're definitely going to concede, and um, obviously uh, we did again. But you know, it's, it's slightly frustrating, like Coach has said, because I think that. Our quality was there for all to see in regards to um, how much better we were than QPR, but we let them back into the game um, and we gave them a little sniff when I don't think they deserved one. Um, but, you know, second half, I thought we were much better by the last 15 minutes, but he seems to get into them at, at half time, and, and it does seem to take 45 minutes generally for us to, uh, for us to really settle down and start playing and like Coxie said, just after half-time we came out, we started fizzing the ball around a little bit better and getting forward and causing them causing them problems. But, you know, it's a good three points because I don't think, you know, teams at the bottom of the league towards this time of the season, now the last 10 games, they do start picking up points and that could have been easily two points dropped for us yesterday. And uh, it, it, it gives us a good platform for the game against Manchester United. Yeah, which is obviously another test coming up. And, and QPR, as you mentioned there, it's not a gimme, you know. Although they're struggling bottom of the bottom of the table, then you know, or down near the bottom of the table, I should say, it's it's not a gimme. Um, John, yesterday once again, Harry Kane. We've we've spoke about um, the boy. Absolutely brilliant that we've 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 got him in the sort of form that that he's in this season. Um, absolutely fantastic. What do you feel our attacking options are like now behind Kane? In in that. He seems to be playing the three behind him on a more regular basis, more consistency behind him in those those attacking three. The last couple of games, he's kept the same the same three. I, 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 even though um, he, he scored the two, and I mean, in, in patches yesterday, we weren't bad. I, I still think he, he would work better with um, Dembele behind him. But um, this seems to be his formation. I, I know he has to get Chadley in because Chadley is a, is, a, is a finisher and he's got qualities. He's big. Um, he, he can rough up a, a fullback and he, he, he can be challenging. He wasn't on his game yesterday. Uh, I think he's using Townsend for the out ball, his speed um, on the breaks and um, how he works a, a fullback. But I, I, I think he, even though I'm always one of the ones moaning about him, um, tinkering with the side, I think he has to find a way to get Dembele in and uh, maybe sacrifice somehow. Um, but uh, this formation works fine. I think um, the last game, um, not the, the Rangers game, they were, they were hitting crosses into the box early. Unfortunately, sometimes Kane had pulled out and there weren't anyone getting on the end of those crosses or there's probably one man for those crosses. So he mixes it up a bit. Um, my only problem is... Um, we haven't got a lot of goals in the side. I mean, Ericsson's got some. Chadley looks like he's got goals in the side. So I can imagine for now he knows he has to play Chadley. Um, some teams will do what Chelsea do and try and snuff out chain, um, Kane or, or, or block us out. So my, my problem will be because of how lax our defense is, we, we're going to have to um, we're going to have to come with a with a different plan with those. Which I, the the options that uh, Dembele gives us to me are, are better for that. So. Even though I think they did all right, I would like to see, which is going to get a bit against what I've been saying in other podcasts <laughs> about them changing the team <laughs> because we won two games with this team. And here's me saying, put them Billy at 10. <laughs> <laughs> which, which just goes to show, I suppose, that the difficult job that, that 
the manager's it got, is, you know. It is, it is terrible. It is terrible. In trying um, to choose these yeah. these players. But, I mean, you mentioned there, John, it's great shout, the, the, the defensive problems that we've had. David, uh, in terms of... The, the goals that we can see, Aidy's mentioned that we seem to struggle, don't we, on, you know, not conceding a goal in a game. Would you put that down to concentration or the, the, the wrong players in the wrong system? I think for me, the biggest worry I have is um, at right back. Um, I think Walker is, um, he's almost, he doesn't really know what he is at times. Is he a right winger? Is he a fullback? Um I think Rose, if you look at Rose from last season, he seems to have learned a little bit more about defending. And I know Rose has, has had problems um, with his focus um, and we've conceded goals because of that. That hasn't been because he's been in the wrong positions. It's been because his focus hasn't been there. On a couple of occasions, he's been appealing for a throw-in like Chelsea and, and offsides in, in, other, in other games. Um, but... He has been able to get back into a position with Walker. Um, he just doesn't seem to to kind of be where he should be. His focus isn't there. The header for me, the back header that Austin almost intercepted or did intercept, but just didn't finish, really just summed him up for me at times. Um, that he's just not really. He hasn't got that art of defending quite right yet the defending for him isn't isn't really a priority he doesn't see it as a priority and the difficulty is the fullbacks give us so many options um going forward it is a case of what do you do then do do you do what Jacques Santini used to do with the two fullbacks and say you don't cross the the center center circle you don't go past that midway line or or do we just accept that the benefit of having the fullbacks going forward will bring us goals, and this is something that we just have to deal with. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one again. You know, another uh, conundrum for the manager. Ad, for me, as, as David mentioned, there Walker's always going to give you more going forward than he is defensively. And and thinking about this yesterday, it, it's great getting your fullbacks forward, but when you're playing four at the back, it does really leave the the two centre-backs exposed when the likes of Walker get forward. It's fine in maybe a five at the back, having the two wing-backs, but but for me, that's the problem, is is that they, going forward, leave the two at the back very exposed. Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, lads, obviously I see it a little bit differently, and, you know, um, not wishing to disagree with the pair of you, but I kind of do. I think that... Um, Bar the uh, game uh, the other night at White Hart Lane where we um, conceded uh, a goal or a couple of goals from wide areas. I don't think we tend to concede goals from wide areas. I think the two full-backs do a sterling job in getting up and getting back, covering over. And Walker, whilst he does um, fall asleep at times, obviously his immense pace tends to bail him out. I think more our problem is that we only play two midfield men. And if you don't play a, a strong player at the, in the 10 role, which is like John's saying, Dembele for me should play in the 10 role, but if you don't play a strong player in the 10 role that can drop in and really compete and try and keep the ball away from our back four, we do get in trouble. I think most of the goals we concede go straight through the middle of our back four, through the middle of our two centre-backs. Uh, teams try and turn us over with a quick ball over the top and invariably you see um, Dyer or uh, Vertonghen or Fazio or, to be fair, I'm saying Dyer. Dyer has been pretty solid, but Fazio or Vertonghen do tend to make errors. So I think that we come under a lot of pressure through the middle of the park. Um, you're right in what you say about Walker. He does he does have this thing where he does some crazy stuff, but 
I think in all, both of our fullbacks do a really, really good job of getting back and covering in. And we don't, if you look back at the goals we've conceded this season, we don't concede a lot of goals from wide areas. I mean, like I said, I know we did um, against Swansea, but we don't generally concede from wide areas. So um, I think it's more middle of the park. I think this isn't going to be popular, but I don't think that Ryan Mason is perfect for a two-man midfield. I think you need someone that's going to be a little bit more combative in there. Um, I know people are going to hate me for that because I'm not, I'm not saying the guy's not a good player, but, but he is, gives us lots of energy. But do they protect the back four enough? I don't think they do. So if you're looking to really be solid, I think you need someone stronger in there. Starting with Dembele at 10 because he can hold that ball up and keep it away from our back four. Yeah, I think the the point you make there on Ryan Mason, I, I actually agree with. I think, you know, he, he gives us a lot in there, the enthusiasm. Of course, you know, he's come through the system, so he's always going to be popular with the Spurs fans anyway, which is which is great. But I agree. I think also in recent games, I've, I've watched him and he's passing sometimes, you know, because of his inexperience, and I'm sure it will come, but his passing um, leaves a lot to be desired at the moment. Um, I, I agree. I think if you put someone in there that's a bit more of a tackler, you know, it... it it helps you going forward because you've got that defensive solidity in there. Um, John, in, in terms of the other side, we've, we've mentioned um, Carl Walker, someone I was watching yesterday, not wanting to be sort of over, overly critical on the team because they, of course they won. Um, but, but watching yesterday, again, Ben Davies is, is a strange one with him. I, I like him as a player, but I, I don't think he's necessarily right for our system with the fullbacks bombing forward. And again, yesterday, I thought we maybe struggled a little bit. Totally agree. Um, if you looked uh, on that side, he very rarely ventured out and he tends to knock it. He, he can't rampage forward. He hasn't quite got that power and explosive pace of, of Rose. So they're t- totally different players. He, he's a nice cultured left back, but we, we, we need that energetic um, foraging kind of a, a left back. Rose, if you look at it in games when we've been struggling or things not been happening, he's been flying into tackles. He's been pushing the team forward. Davis hasn't got that to his game. He's more of a stylish little player. You'll knock it around, but the system we have, which is a lot of energy, a lot of pressing, that that action, he he doesn't bring that to the table. But there's nothing wrong with him as a player. But again, like some of the ones that we have that don't fit into what we have, I find he's 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 gonna do a job for us, but mostly on the bench. I don't think he um he offers enough going forward. He can he crosses a better ball than Rose, but he hasn't got the pace and and, and dynamism of Rose. So it, it's clearly. Um, that side is, is a lot weaker when Rose isn't playing. I'd still like to see, AD mentioned this, I think it was last week's show, Dave, that, that the system under Pochettino is very rigid. I'd still like us like to see us go maybe with, with two up front um, at home, especially. I think the system we played yesterday was perfect for an away game at the likes of QPR, but at home, maybe change it up and go, go with two up front? I think it depends on your playing. Um, just because you're at home, I don't think... You can, you can just say we're playing at home. We'll play two up front. I think it, it does depend on, on who you're playing. The, the problem is, is that if you do play two up front, you generally get over swamped in midfield because a lot of teams now do play the five. So it is very difficult. Um, I think there is ways in which you can be flexible without putting yourself at risk. But just going back to the defence, if you look at our defence. A lot of them are cultured defenders, aren't they? You've got Vertonghen who likes to come out. He showed that on <laughs> on Saturday. You know, he, he broke out of, of defence on a few occasions. You've got Walker and Rose who are, who are generally forward-minded. Rose being an ex-winger um, himself. Um, you've got Davis who, who probably, out of all of them, is probably the more defence-minded. Um, 
the fact is we probably need someone who is there to kind of just crunch someone to actually just stick their heads in, you know, almost like a stopper. So that you've got your your cultured centre half in Vertonghen, but then you've also got someone who is going to be almost like your John Terry stick. Obviously not being him, but someone in the same principle, <laughs> someone yeah. who is going to stick their head in where it hurts, um, who is going to win headers. I think Dyer on Saturday he he didn't win many headers against Zamora. Um, I just think we we do need to look at our defence because. There is a lot of time. I, 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 in terms of Aidy saying we don't give away many goals from the wings, I think if you look at the amount of goals we've conceded, I think we're up there with QPR for the amount of goals we have. I yeah, think yeah. if you look at every one of them, there will be an even spread from the from the wide areas. And I agree with Aidy, we're ball straight down the middle. So I think we need to look at probably the defence as a whole, probably give them a bit more protection. Aidy's probably right there in terms of, well, do we need two static, um, almost defensive-minded midfielders, especially when we're away from home? Um, because if we, I think we tried that at the lane and it, was, it didn't really work because obviously at home we should be setting some impetus. But I do think we just need to look about how we defend and what type of defenders we really want because, because we are shipping goals and, and a lot of it is because of our own our own kind of stupidity at times and we are gifting teams too many goals yeah it's frustrating isn't it because you you think yesterday would you know perfect setup two nil up you know just couple couple hold out for a couple of minutes and you've you've got a lovely two nil win there boosting the confidence nice clean sheet and and ad brings me on to my next point um hugo Lloris, having not seen the likes of jennings play clements play um we've had some great keepers but this guy surely has got to be up there as, as, as if not the greatest Spurs keeper of all time, one of the greatest, isn't he? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Well, there'll be a lot of dissenting voices around um, Jennings, obviously. Um, but I, I think he's the best goalkeeper I've ever seen at Tottenham. Um, in fact, I would be, I would go even further, and I think that he's the best goalkeeper in, if not in Europe right now, because I think he's just amazing. Because. Yeah. I'll tell you why I think that as well. And it's not just because I'm a Spurs fan, right? There's nobody, there's no goalkeeper in Europe that's classed as being the best or up around the best that has worked as hard and as regularly as that guy. No chance. No way. You know, you don't see um, De Gea and um, Courtois and, you know, um, the, the Bayern Munich goalkeeper worked as often as Lloris. He's consistently brilliant because he has to be every <laughs> every single game you know what i'm trying to say yeah Cosi made a great point just now about uh when walker had the brain fart and added it back and um obviously austin got it. what a save <laughs> that is by the way oh. it didn't even get it didn't even get brought much up in commentary but that is an unbelievable stop yeah well he didn't have time to think about it did he that's what makes it even more impressive he didn't have time to think about it and not only that how do you know what kind of connection that that bloke who's right next to you point blank range is going to get on the ball to make to make that save um was phenomenal as well as the one against Swansea the other night the one against Swansea the other night had a bit of banks about it it was just amazing it was a brilliant save um but he does it week in week out we take it for granted I'm not as worried as some people are about him leaving because I don't think that there's anybody um that would that would pay the money it would take to take him and certainly not with FFP because you find that one good thing about goalkeepers is they're not the they're not the um, marquee 
type players that big clubs like Real Madrid, etc., etc., want to spend their money on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and and I, don't, I don't think with, with FFP that it's going to be too much of a concern. I think he'll be here for a long time. Um, yeah, and he's, he's just brilliant. I, honestly, I think he's if he's not the best in the world, then I'll tell you somewhat, the, the best keeper in the world is... It must be bloody good. Something, something else, yeah. But Co- Coatsy, um, you know, the, just when you think about the amount of points that, that Lloris has, has saved us this season, you, you wonder, don't you, where we'd be in the league without him? I think if you look at it, you, you can probably say the amount of points Lloris has saved us, the amount of points Ericsson's won us yeah. with late goals. Uh, um, and then you probably look at Kane, you know, with all the amount of goals he's got. It's people doing their job. Um, yes. It shows you, though, how important a goalkeeper is. Because um, I, I agree with AD, he's the best I've seen um, at White Hart Lane. Um, I did see Clements. Um, we had some decent keepers. Um, but but Loris, for me, just stands stands well out, uh, above those guys, um, and he is exceptional. And his his all round game is is excellent. You know he can he's much more than a shot stopper. He comes for crosses. He collects crosses. He commands his area. Um, and I remember seeing an interview with Ray Clements a few years. It wasn't that that long ago, three or four years ago, and he was saying that basically a lot of goalkeepers now are being trained only to be shot stoppers because when was the last time you had someone who'd used to command their box? Well, Lorries does, and he's not exactly a massive man, but he does. He, he collects crosses. He's very intelligent with his kickouts. He's there. He acts as his sweeper. Um, he's, he's just a great all-round keeper for me. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan myself of having the, the keeper as a captain, but I think it works, doesn't it, in Luis? I, I, I don't know why, but it works. He's just got that composed nature about him. He doesn't seem like the sort to, you know, uh, a la Vertonghen throw his toys out of the pram. He seems very composed, very cool when he's being interviewed after the game. Just just absolutely perfect for that role. Um, so And it's working so far. Um John, with with regards to the, the the goalkeeping situation, obviously down down the years we've 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 also had some some tosh in there, haven't we? We've had the you know the the, <laughs> the likes of the Ian Walkers and the I mean when I was growing up we had Bobby Mims, Bobby Mims, and we you know Torsvet. I actually quite liked Eric Torsvet in goal, you know, but um, Andy Eric was alright. Eric the Viking, you know. Larice, now you think if he if he can stay maybe stay at Spurs for a couple more a couple more seasons, he's, he's certainly up there. With every chance of be, becoming one of the, the Spurs greats, isn't he? Yeah, no doubt about it. I don't think there can be a question about that. I've seen good and bad, but he, he is very good. Pity I can't get to see him live, but he is very good. He, he fills you with a lot of confidence. Um, obviously, <laughs> with the defence we've got as well, <laughs> he, gets, he gets a lot of work. <laughs> but um, I, I think with, with the, the, the high back line as well. Without him, we'd be in trouble because he's that quick off the off the box. You know, he's he's oh, he's, he's lightning. I'd like to see what kind of um, foot speed he's got actually, because you never ever see him. You know, anytime any any balls over the top, he's always there with, with time to spare. I'm, I'd like to see his starting position actually. You know, but he, he's I, I like him. He, he fills you with confidence. Great, great goal. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. 
Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Keeper. Now, just finally on, on yesterday's game and the situation in general, AD, we mentioned last week on the show when we were reviewing the season um, and the chances of top four, we all pretty much agreed that, you know, top four was a pipe dream. It was never realistic. Well, why why are Spurs doing this to me? Why are they trying to fool me into thinking that we've got a chance of top four? Don't think it, mate, because we haven't. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I genuinely don't think we have. And do you know what? I genuinely don't mind... Um, that we that we haven't either because I just want to, I want us to 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 settle down and to um, to start really getting to understand what Pochettino wants. He's talked this week about pre-season and I'm going to change that up and we're going to go to Australia at the end of the season instead of travelling in pre-season. We're going to do most of our work on here. Um, and you know all I want to see is a is an upward curve towards the end of the season. And if that takes us as high as fifth, amazing. If it gets a six, then so be it. Um, like I've said previously, I don't want to see Spurs below six because I don't think they should be. It doesn't matter who's in charge. I think that would be wrong. And I think that would have to be something that would need to be looked at. Um, and, and the reason I want I want us to, to, to 100% finish above seventh is because it's not just about us and what we feel about the manager. It's also about what Daniel Levy feels about the manager. And it would be nice after all the turmoil that we've gone through in years, is that he seems to have finally put in put himself behind, 100% behind a manager. And I would really like him to go into pre-season without any doubts in his mind. And, and I, Daniel Levy, kind of guy that he, hit, that he is, there's no doubt in my mind, and also Joe Lewis as well, if we did finish seventh, I don't think that they... I don't think... I'm not saying they would sack him, they wouldn't. But what I'm trying to say is they wouldn't want... They wouldn't feel as comfortable giving him the carte blanche or or as close to carte blanche as we would like to see him have in the summer. A little bit more. Coach, said it the other week, and I think he's spot on, actually. I think you're going to see a guy giving a little bit more of a say in what happens around the club at all levels, including transfers and stuff. Now, not a full say, obviously. It'll still be committee, but I think he's going to get a little bit more than other managers because I think that he is... Daniel Levy's man, and I don't want to see that spoil. And I just think, I don't know whether the boys would agree, if we finish seventh with our squad, as much as it's been rotated, the fact that they're all still fit, I just think that would leave a little bit of a bad taste in the mouth of Daniel Levy, perhaps. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, as, as you mentioned, AD, the, the, the decision was made this week, not going on tour. David, I know we've got people who listen to this podcast from, from all over the world and... and it's great when the team get get overseas to to play in front of fans that ha- haven't necessarily seen the team play before. But for the the team and the the team bonding and and you know getting used to the tactics, it's a great decision I think that they're staying here uh, for the start of preseason this year uh, and giving Pochettino a chance to to get that across to the players. Yeah, I think they've they've done their work. Um, 
the last three, four or five years, we've been out in Asia, we've been out in America. Um, we've tapped into those markets. Um, obviously, football's changed and football clubs are a brand. And if you look at Spurs um, compared to, say, Liverpool, Man United, um, Arsenal, you know, out in Asia, that they, they had a lot of work to do there and they've tapped into that. They've, they've done quite well. They've played the Peace Cup twice. You know, they've been out in Asia quite a lot. If you if you listen to the American guys, um, they would say that NBC done a, done a survey a little while back and Spurs would appear to be the best supported Premier League club in, in America. Now that's that's an excellent achievement if that's actually if that's actually true. Um, but I also think Pochettino. What Pochettino has said is there has to be a medium. We're actually at the at the kind of end of everything that we do. We are a football team, um, and you have to do what's best for, for for the football side. And obviously, we're going into Australia now, so that gives us another another opportunity. I think it's a, it's probably the wisest time to do it. Um, literally at the end of the season, um, the actual Australian fan clubs that we that we have, etc., Sydney Spurs and, and all those guys, obviously they'll have a chance to go and see Tottenham now. So I think it's a case of, yeah, we can still do that, but we've got to have a bit of a common sense approach to it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it, I'm sure it will happen again. We'll go on tour again. But it's great to see, from my, from my point of view, we've questioned on, on the show, or I've certainly questioned, um, whether or not Daniel Levy supports the manager. So to see him say, no, it's fine, we, we'll, we'll scrap any pre-season tour this year, we'll you know, forfeit any income that might come from those to, to put everything we've got behind Pochettino. That's, that, that's exactly what we want to see, isn't it? You know, from, from Daniel Levy, as, as AD mentioned there. So that's you know, big up to, to Daniel Levy. Um, very finally on, on um, yesterday, guys, because time's running away with us, could speak about yesterday um, all night. But next five fixtures, Manchester United away, uh, home to Leicester, away to Burnley, home to Aston Villa and away to Newcastle. Um, Man United aside, John, all pretty win... I know we're talking about Spurs here, but all pretty winnable fixtures. Yeah, the, the Fisher list looks kind, so you have to wait and see. We should be able to grind out results there. Even if you go on a run, you know, from time to time you'll drop points, but you should just say you're not going to get beat in any of those games. And that should put enough enough points in the bag. But going back on what Eddie's saying, is it's very true. Um, if you, with the team we've got, we should not finish seventh. But it's, it's a possibility. But there you go. We should not finish seventh. But going back to the, the, the games that's coming up, the... The more direct teams give us trouble, so I, I think we're going to have a lot of problems with United. Well, it's you know it's a tricky one to, to predict, isn't it? And we'll come on to the Man United game later on, but certainly not the Man United that we're used to playing up at Old Trafford. Having said 100%. that, having said that, we've won there the last two years, so so who knows? Who knows? Okay, so let's just pause there for a moment, lads. As you know, um, we always give try to give as many fans as possible a mention on the shows. Eastburns was set up to connect fans from around the, the world, and hopefully we've got plenty of of different. Um, supporters groups, people from around the, the world listening to the show. It's great to hear all of the comments. Um, so let's just mention a few of those. Thomas Devlin from Lucan, Dublin in Ireland. Um, Michael Canane says he's listening in County Kerry, was at the final last Sunday and had to sit with the Chelsea fans. Feel, feel for you, mate. Very, very, very hard to keep 
uh, Quiet, the Future is Bright. What a trooper. Um, and also Samuel Thorrell from Sweden, all following um, and listening to the show tonight. So thanks for everybody who listens. We really do appreciate all of the comments and, and all of the listeners to the show. And another new thing that um, we're setting up on eSpurs, we mentioned just, just a moment ago that we set up to connect fans from around the globe. Um, well, another thing we're impressed by, and I'm always impressed by on the social media, is the various supporters clubs that are uh, launching and already established around the world. The, the photographs that are posted on social media of the guys watching the game in, in bars around the world, especially those that get up at two, three, four in the morning. And absolutely brilliant stuff to see everybody, everybody there supporting the Spurs, especially, you know, being a being somebody from the UK, live, live very close to the stadium. It makes, makes you proud to see all of that. So... Um, we're going to set up uh, a new thing that we're going to announce every every month on the show, which is the East Spurs Supporters Club of the Month. Um, so if you'd like your Supporters Club to be selected for Supporters Club of the Month, just drop us an email at e-spurs-at-live.co.uk. That's e-spurs-at-live.co.uk with details of your Supporters Club, maybe a, a picture of the group, as I say, um, celebrating the Spurs with the the, the banners and the flags and why your supporters club should be selected for the supporters club of the month. Uh, the winner each month will be chosen by the East Spurs team, the, the guys that you're listening to now, based on your emails, your pictures, etc. Um, and then the the uh, winning supporters club will be promoted throughout the month via the East Spurs social media. So the East Spurs Twitter, the Facebook will give you mentions on there. We'll be posting your, your pictures, your tweets, uh, and really, really um, supporting your supporters club for that month. So as I say, it's a new thing. We're, we're starting on East Spurs. If you want your supporters club to become the first um, supporters club of the month, just get in touch with us by email at e sorry, not at e underscore spurs, at espurs.live.co.uk with details of why your supporters club should be chosen. Let's go forward um, to next weekend, a massive, massive game um, next weekend, another big game. They're all, as we said before, they're all cup finals now this time of year. Um, AD, it's not the Man United of old, is it? But it's still going to be a tough game up there. Uh, yeah, no, it's not. Um but it is going to be a tough game because I think they're they're very dogs of warish now, aren't they? And I, I think they're uh, even though they've not been performing well, they've been managing to get wins some some somehow. Um, and it's never easy to go to Old Trafford. I think we said previously that we've won there the last couple of years as well. So um, it, it's going to be really tough. I'd like to I'd like to uh, to just make sure that we don't get beat. Um, I think we really could have taken a lot from the game at Anfield if we'd not got beat, and we did get beat. And in the end, we ended up having a um, a little little messy run after that. And I think that it could have given us some really great confidence. And I think that when you go to places like Anfield, you go to places like Old Trafford. As long as you don't get beat, you can you can carry on with a good vein of form and, and feel good about yourself. And um, I think it's going to be really, really difficult to win up there. Not because they're playing great football, but just because I think everything's kind of against us in, in regards to we've won their last couple of years. You know, the run that we're on at the moment would be it would be a, it would be massive for us to, to beat them up there. So um, a point would be fantastic. I think that we need to obviously we've got to go into every game trying to win. That's Bob's team's philosophy, and that is right. That's the way it should be. But I think there should be something in the back of his mind which says you know last 10, 15 minutes. If we're in the game and, it's, and, and, and there's a point there to be gained, especially with our running, which is looking nice, let's not make the same mistake we did at Liverpool and just waste two points by pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, let's just take it and go home on the bus happy. 
be lovely, wouldn't it, to get to even a point, as you say, up there. And, and it keeps us up in the mix in the, the top six there. It, it'd be lovely for all concerned. A win would be would be cloud nine. Be be absolutely fantastic. Coatsy, um, in terms of Man United, they're a bit of turmoil at the moment, aren't there? There's rumours that Di Maria's on his way out. There's there's rumours of unrest between Giggs and, and Van How Is this the perfect time to be playing them, do you think? I don't know if there ever is, is there? Um, our record at Old Trafford, apart from the last couple of seasons, hasn't been great. But I think we should build on the last two visits. Um, really go for... Actually go for the win. But I totally agree with AD that if you can stick a point in your back pocket and, and get out of there, um, then so be it, you know? Obviously, that depends on the game itself. You know, if we're, if we're actually leading going into injury time or, or something like that, you, you'll, be, you'll be gutted. But in general, if someone said to me now, you could walk away with a point, I'd be delighted. And the reason why I really say that is because after we play United, we don't play any of the top seven, I believe. And, and those guys do play each other. Um, so the top four, five teams do actually play each other. So they're going to be taking points off each other. So for once um, in our lifetime, normally we have a tough run in. I think this year we, we've got an easier one than we normally have. Um, and obviously the teams above us could take points off each other. So a point for me will be will be excellent. A win, obviously, as you said, will be dreamland. Um but I do agree with Aidy that we, we just need to set up not to be beaten. Yeah, and that you know the formation we play, I think, is 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 just right for that in terms of the, the setup from yesterday. I think, John, do you, do you see him making many changes to the lineup yesterday? I don't think he will. I think it's working for him, and uh, I think he'll go with it. But my my fear with them is they're playing a lot of long ball now, and they got Fellaini, and he's a monster in the air. And and Vatonjan, last few games has been making some mistakes, and he hates heading the ball. He's a footballer, so I I, I can see him roughing us up. I, I can really see them knocking a lot of not of balls and, and and having runners off of it. So I think it's going to be a lot lot tougher game than some of the other really good football inside because direct and that route one stuff has always given us trouble and um maybe that might be a game we could throw fazio in but then again it'd be probably look bad if he if he if he left yana but we, we're gonna need to win a lot of ball or whoever's gonna be trying to take that second ball is gonna be important you know yeah uh, I, i've seen the last couple of games with them and anytime they're in any trouble they keep knocking these 30 and 40 yard balls man and we we don't handle them well at all I think it's so Andy, can I just butt in there? Go for it. I think it's really important. What John's saying is exactly right with the way Man United are approaching games at the moment, and 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 they're they're basically, you know, looking at it and and playing percentage balls, and and themselves try not to get beat, and if they can get wins, brilliant, because because that's what he does. He piles points on, and he always seems to be there or thereabouts in championships, whatever team he manages. I mean, he's he's won the title in Holland with AZ Alkmaar, the guy wins things he manages to get teams playing but i think what's really important when you're playing against a side that's going to pump balls is to keep the ball keep the football and i don't think that's something that we do although we have good percentage uh, possession statistics what i'm trying to say is we don't tend to keep the ball well up up their end of the pitch if that makes sense we play a lot around the back four and we play a lot in front of our goalkeeper which is great fantastic but i think we really do need to keep the ball in their half, up and around their 18-yard box, and play a little bit more up there and try and keep possession a little bit higher. Because as soon as the ball gets turned round, if it gets turned around 
just in front of their 18-yard box and they play a long ball, it's going to have to be a hell of a long ball to get into our 18-yard box. But if we're messing around with it and we lose it on the halfway or just inside, that's when teams can hit us with that ball. And that's what causes us problems because we get turned really quick. So for me, it's really important to retain possession of the ball high as high as you can up the park. And going back to what we said at the beginning of the show, that's where Dembele comes in for me. That's where Dembele is really important. Um, and we... We need a bit of strength in there. We need to be able to hold the football. And against a powerful side like Manchester United, I think he does need to make a change. And I think he will, actually. I think he'll make a change. I think he had one eye on the United game. Um, he probably thought that we could beat QPR, and he was right. And I think he had one eye on the United game anyway, which is why you saw Danny Rose um, rested. And I think you'll see a couple more rotations. I think... Um, Townsend will come out of the team and Ericsson will probably go left with Dembele in the 10 roll for me and he'll have Danny Rose at uh, left back. But yeah, let's keep the ball away from our 18-yard box. It's, it's going to be tough. Let's let's just find the lads because um, time's getting away with us. Let's just get some predictions if we can. Uh, going to be tough, Coatsy? Yeah, I'm just, just finally just going on the, the same line as AD. We can't do what we've done in the first half at Anfield. Look how many chances we give Liverpool by being really careless with our passing and we need to play up in their end um, I actually think it's going to be a 2-2 draw is what I've predicted 2-2 draw so you know and, and I would take that I would take that yeah absolutely you know as, as we mentioned previously a point would be great um, John your prediction same as David I, um, Rooney's got a point to prove and, and we, we're sloppy and I, I just if you you've got your critics of what Van Gaal's doing but one thing you can see with them, they're not getting beat often. And um, I, I, I would love to see us win, and I'm, I'm really hoping that we do. But I, I, I think we, we, we're careless enough for things to go wrong. So I, 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 I think 2-2. Two, two. Another 2-2. Another two, two. So a common theme there. AD? Well, you're going to have a, a full-out. I think it's going to be 2-2 two, two as well. <laughs> I think that we'll definitely ship, and we'll ship probably more than one. But I think that we will cause them problems, because I think that... You know, if we play if we play correctly, we can cause any kind of team problems. I think it's frustrating sometimes to watch us. We had against QPR and against Swansea, we had so many overs sometimes when we were attacking, and we just tend to to pick the wrong ball or be a little bit lazy with the ball, or you know. And I, and I think in a minute it's going to come good. And as as much as we concede goals, I think that we're we're gonna we're gonna put a couple in in a game as well, two or three in in a game. And I reckon that this could be the game where it's quite high score. And I I think it'll be two two. Dembele ruined United a few years ago for Fulham, and I think he's a really important player, and he could he could make a big difference for us if he's picked. But yeah, two two. Two two. So common theme there. I'm going to sort of butt the trend and and just be awkward. Um, I'm going to go for a one one. I think you know we mentioned we can't keep a clean sheet. I think we'll score, but I also think it's going to be a um, squeaky bum time at the end again. I think you know it's um, <laughs> wouldn't be Spurs if it wouldn't you know so. I think 1-1. One, one. Um, so we're all going for a draw, lads. All going for, for one point, which I think we'd all, we'd all bite their hand off. So the final section of, of today's show, if we can, I just want to spend five minutes. Ask, I was thinking yesterday watching the game, there's been lots of comments on, on social media about Christian Eriksen. And he's had a bit of a dip in form, hasn't he, this season? We're allowing that because he's done so much for us. Um, the point I want to, to question and, and ask the, the team about tonight is... Christian Eriksen, is he world-class or or just a very good player? Dave, coming to you first. He's one of my favourite players, Andy. Um, 
he's not world class yet, but he's definitely got the potential to be world class. As I said on the eFootball um, podcast, I was asked pretty much a similar question. Um, and I said that at the moment, um, he's definitely a, a very good player. Um, I think just that level of consistency. I think in this season, he's probably had two dips. Um, if you remember, there was a few games, Aston Villa away and, and the game after where he was taken off at half time because of his poor performances. Um, I think that gave him a kick up in, in the backside that, that he needed. I think he played well yesterday. Um, he was coming back to his old um, kind of performances, but he did have a blip. And I think that, that kind of went in line with with some of our team performances over the last few weeks. Um, and I know he's, he's only human. You know, he is going to kind of... It's very difficult to, to play to your level week in, week out. But I think as time goes on, um, he'll be a little bit more consistent and I think that will be when he becomes world-class. But I, I do think that he has the potential to be the main man at Spurs. Yeah, AD? Yeah, I don't think he's world-class. I think that he's um, he flits in and out of games too much. I think if you take away his free kicks for the rest of the season, which obviously are amazing. He's, I mean, the, the free kick against Sheffield United is one of the best free kicks I've ever seen. Now, that, that is some skill to do what he did there across the goalkeeper into the top corner. So, you know... I I rate the the lad. I just think that he 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 has a lot more talent than he shows sometimes in in general footballing terms. Um, I actually think that he isn't a number ten, and I don't think he ever he's ever going to be a number ten. I think that he's better coming from the left at the moment. But I really think that he's good enough to play centrally in a, in a midfield too. I think that he can dictate the play for us a little bit like Modric can. He's very quick with his passes. He sees quick passes. He can dictate tempo. He can hit a long pass. He can keep it short. He's got everything in his game, and he's no smaller than Modric was, that he could really play a pivotal role for us in the central midfield. I just think that he's wasted in the 10, because I just think in the 10, he gets lost sometimes, and, and, and he's not facing play enough, and... He can go missing. I, I think the lads will agree with me there. He does tend to go missing. Set pays aside, he does tend to go missing in games. But as soon as he goes out left and he's got that picture in front of him where he doesn't have to look back, he's got that picture in front of him. He can drift inside and he causes absolute havoc. I think he did that again against QPR. Um, so, yeah, is he world-class? No, he's not world-class. Could he be world-class? Absolutely. He's got everything to be world-class. But I still have my doubts that he ever will. Be honest, I still have the place that he ever will. Let's hope he does. Yeah, absolutely, and I agree. I think that there's similarities between him and Modric are there for all to see. I also think that that he's similar in that he a lot of what he does goes unnoticed, which which Modric was 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 um, very good at. He, he'd be very busy in there, but a lot of his movement and passing went unnoticed. And, and I think Ericsson is, is is in that similar mould. Um, John, would you agree with with the lads? Yeah, I agree. Um, if you look at the, the, what they were saying yesterday, you know, how much um, yards he covered, you know, he's actually really got around the pitch. But I, I think he just needs to, I don't want him to become no bodybuilder or anything like no Gareth Bale, but I think he needs to get stronger. He's a little bit weak and that would help him go a long way to becoming world class because some games, you know, some physical guys can bully him, they can push him around or he can disappear. I think if he gets stronger, and I, and I think he will. I think that'll add more to his game. But I think, yeah, I think I think through your time, I think you will. 
final was a case in point just quickly. You know, that was the big, the big stage. You know, he, he's played fantastically in games at Water Lane. And on the big stage, when it really mattered, he had a young kid, Harold Zuma, 18. Yep. Come in and just snuff him out. You know, that's not a world-class player. That's that's not a world-class player. So, if he's got it in him, he needs to find it somewhere. And I think, you know, I'm not so I'm not so sure, you know, what he needs to bulk up because Modric's never bulked up. He just he just like years ahead of everyone else. He was just, you know, in his mind, he was just a fantastic player, my favourite player. But um, he's got it there. He's got it there. If you remember Tim Sherwood's first game in charge, he played in centre midfield against Southampton, and we beat Southampton that Southampton three-two, was it? And he was fantastic that day. He dictated, he dictated, dictated the play. I just think he get he doesn't get we don't get the ball enough to him when he's in the ten. We just don't get the ball enough to him. I don't think. The biggest difference between him and Modric for me though is that he's a goal scorer. Yeah, he scores more goals. Yeah, yeah. And that, so that's could. the biggest difference. Modric was good at quick passing. You know, um, yeah, link he, man he isn't he, Modric? Ball, he was link, more link Ericsson, for me, he makes a big difference because he's already in double figures. Um, yeah, no, and I agree with agree with AD. I I actually thought he was a better number ten, but he's not. He's um he's better actually when he comes comes in from the side. Things open up for him. Um, yeah. He's very tricky. You know, he can he can give a pass. Um, and I nice. think if you kind of if you set the team up with say someone like Bentaleb next to him, yeah, I definitely think he could he could do that role in midfield. Where he's the main man. That's where I eventually see him. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to see how we use him going forward. And and maybe maybe as we mentioned there, it, maybe it's a good thing that he's not world class at the moment because we haven't got Real Madrid sniffing around him. Um, so so there are there are pros to to that. And let us know what you think. If you agree with the lads that Ericsson isn't quite world class, let us know on on the Twitter at e underscore Spurs. Send us your your thoughts. Or if you think that he is, he's the main man and he is um, world class. Let us know again on the on the various social media platforms. Get involved with the conversation. Um, I tell you what, lads, we've got to call it a day because time has once again beaten us. We could sit here and talk Spurs all night. Um, AD, John, Dave, been a pleasure as always. Uh, don't forget, you can get in touch with us, as I mentioned, via the various social media. If general football chat is more your thing, don't forget to check out every Monday night the eFootballNet podcast, which our, our very own Coatsy takes part in every week. He's going to, I'm, I'm, I'm assured he's going to uh, get his own back on the Chelsea fan that also takes part in that podcast for last week's. So uh, don't forget to, to check that one out e underscore football net all the links are up there for you on the twitter or, or just search for e football on itunes if that's more your thing as i say time has beaten us but we'll be back next sunday after the game up at old trafford against manchester united and every single sunday so don't forget to subscribe to the show on itunes or spreaker that's all from us for this week guys have a great week and come on you spurs, come on, you spurs.